I'm Joe Woodard, and this is the Asia for Life podcast. So I was in New York City last week. Um, I passed through there before, but I've never really uh, visited properly. So like I've, you know, been on layover for a few hours or once it was overnight, but I never got to really see New York City. And so it, I consider this my real first trip. Anyway, I was in uh, Chinatown when I first got there, just passing through. And then I stayed in the Bronx a couple nights. Uh, there was some nice, like less touristy parts where I, I met with some people. And so it was basically um, like an Asia for life business trip. I was in America seeing family and um, yeah, it was so so my time in New York City was specifically related to Asia for Life, pro-life ministry, relationship building and stuff. But um, today I actually want to talk on a more personal level about some of my own experiences there and the culture of death in New York City. I'll start by saying just that New York City is so much different from everywhere else I've ever been, like anywhere in the world. So like I grew up in America. I've seen a lot of America. Uh, but New York City, it just it feels like visiting a foreign country and not just like not just because there's so many languages, like literally most of the people I talk to on the streets and ask for directions. Like I spoke Cantonese and Mandarin and Spanish with, I think, most of them. <laughs> so um, but and that's and that's really cool, like the multicultural aspect and whatever. But there's just other parts that like it doesn't I don't know the culture. People are not, you know. Friendly, like I'm used to in in most of the places I've been in America, uh, and that's partly because it's just a big city. But I mean, even other big cities in America, they're not, you know, it's it's not like that. Anyway, so that's that's just a first general impression is that it felt like I was in a foreign country and not quite in America for for some reason that I can't quite put my finger on. Anyway, so on the bus ride to New York City, I took a I think it was seven hour bus ride from Virginia, and um just shortly into my trip on the bus, it, I had this strange feeling like it lasted about 10 minutes and it was like this dark, ominous sense that like something bad was going on in New York and, and specifically like in the Bronx. And uh, I just felt like I don't know what to do. I, so I started praying and um, praying for New York City, praying for the Bronx. And so I don't remember exactly what I prayed, but I, I think it was along the lines of God, please deliver this place from darkness and oppression and save people's lives and something like that. So I got to New York City. I was there for a couple days and then I read the story about a guy who had jumped in front of a train in the Bronx while he was holding his five-year-old daughter. This is a terrible story, obviously, like just so tragic. But I also realized that it had happened at the same time that I was praying, like during rush hour. Anyway, it this is the summary from the Washington Post. The man, a 45-year-old Bronx resident named Fernando Balbuena Flores, died on the scene Monday morning, but the girl, who has not been named, went to a Bronx medical center with only minor injuries and was released to her mother in stable condition. There was a bystander named Ivy who had seen the wheels of the southbound number four train roll over Balbuena Flores's head, but the girl apparently fit beneath the wheels, she said. Sorry, this is a horrible story. But um, anyway, there were these two good Samaritans, Antonio Love and another guy who was not named. Uh, they helped get the five-year-old girl out from under the train. They got her to safety, but they were also injured in the process. So I'll keep going from the Washington Post article. Speaking later at St. Barnabas Hospital in the Bronx, where the two good Samaritans went with minor injuries, according to the New York Fire Department, Mr. Love 
questioned many onlookers' decisions that morning to whip out cell phones rather than pitch in. It was just panicking, he said, like regular New Yorkers pulling out their phones. Really? Someone stole his bag as he helped the girl to safety, he said. So sad. Antonio Love was also quoted by the New York Times. The only thing she was saying was, Papa, my Papa. And other newspapers said the same thing, that for days afterwards, all she was asking about was where where was her father. So um, there's just so many things about the story that are just so tragic, but the most obvious one is that this man chose to end his life and also tried to end the life of his daughter. I'm going to assume that he had mental health issues. I'm not condemning him, but what he did was was wrong. Uh, obviously, it was horrible. And I, again, I don't I don't know a lot about the Bronx. Um, I do know they have a bad reputation. Uh, there's a lot of violence and murder and suicide that happens in the Bronx. Um, I think it goes without saying that they need help. And I think they need fathers who are engaged in helping their communities. Because if dads in the Bronx were responsible husbands and fathers, this is my opinion, that would probably solve most of the crime there. Because good fathers don't tolerate people who are trying to harm or endanger their kids. And like this guy, you know, if, if he had, you know, I don't know, just had better people around him or had community support of some kind, maybe he would have reached out to get the help he needed instead of trying to take his life and his daughters. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, all the places I've ever been in the world where I felt like not safe, like there were neighborhoods where the families didn't have the dads around. Um, but anyway, if you want to have a safe community, then you have good families like the two just go together. But that's not how it is in the Bronx or most of New York City. Anyway, yeah, I mean, gosh, there's so much good that just having decent dads around does to prevent crime and poverty. So you, you'd think that it would be a major government priority, especially in New York. But what's their priority in New York? It's more access to abortion. So you've probably heard the story from earlier this year that New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, made national headlines when he ordered that the One World Trade Center, which was the site of the major terrorist attack that killed thousands of people, including, by the way, a number of unborn children whose names were put on the memorial stones there. He ordered the One World Trade Center to be lit pink to celebrate New York's abortion law that he signed this year. They already had a very liberal abortion law, but he wanted to make it stronger, broader, and make sure that abortion would always remain legal for any reason during the entire pregnancy. And the most disturbing part of the law was that it protects doctors who finish an abortion after birth. If the baby's born alive, lying on the table, wiggling around, the doctor will not be in legal trouble if he kills the baby after birth. Governor Andrew Cuomo said in a statement at that time when he, when he signed the law, I am directing that New York's landmarks be lit pink to celebrate this achievement and shine a bright light forward for the rest of the nation to follow. Very inspiring. It's just so disturbing. Like, so this guy, who's the governor of New York, is the sort of person who supports abortion until birth and celebrates it as publicly as possible. I, I mean, he could have been a good role model. For instance, like to the people who suffer from violence and fear in New York because there aren't fathers around. Like there's so many people in New York City who don't even know who their fathers are. And so if you spent more time focusing on 
issues like that instead of just saying we should have more abortion access. I don't know. I, I'm just guessing, like thinking out loud here, you know, New York would not be such a dangerous, dark, dirty and um, frankly, scary place. But Governor Cuomo is promoting policies like this and actually undermining the important role of parents. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be against abortion, but I mean, by pushing abortion like this, he's actually helping pimps and abusers. Places like Planned Parenthood, abortion clinics, they don't like to report on rapists or human traffickers. They don't like to talk to the police about anything, but especially when, um, you know, it means it, it means they lose out on the bottom line, like they get less business. It's a law in America. If you know that, you know, that a minor's being raped or trafficked, then you're required by law to call the police about it. But they prefer to just be quiet, help them out with the abortion, move on to the next patient. That's how they operate. That's their business model. You know, that makes that means that it it's easy for men to get out of the responsibility of being a father, of being a decent guy. The more accessible abortion is, just the easier it is for men to protect their own worst instincts at the expense of women and children. So anyway, I should probably say that I'm not saying that Governor Cuomo wants more human trafficking. I'm not even saying that he's insincere in his reasons for pushing that abortion law, which is, in fact, the most radical abortion legislation in America and actually, as far as I know, in the world. But I'm not saying that he's, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad husband or father. I honestly don't know his motives. I don't know much about his family life. But he is fanatical about the right to abortion. The law that he signed this year protects literally any abortion done by basically any medical, any medical personnel for any reason, using any method at any time, up to and including birth. Uh, I said any medical personnel. I'm actually not sure who all that includes. I, I know it's not only doctors who can do it, but I'm not sure like which kind of nurses or whatever can do it. So I'd have to check that out. But anyway, like practically speaking, there is no limit on doing abortions in New York. Even China has some regulations on abortion. Uh, it's, it's monstrous. Like if he really cared about the welfare of families in New York, I mean, in my opinion, he should use his position to encourage men to be good fathers and try to lead by example. But in fact, his highest priority, like his most passionately held value is to tell families that they have an absolutely fundamental right to abortion. And I actually will add one more thing about his family life. I just read about during my last day in New York on September 25th, Governor Cuomo sadly announced his separation from his domestic partner, Sandra Lee. Um, it's sad just because they'd been together for 14 years. And even though they, they weren't married, she was considered the first lady of New York. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't really know much about them personally, but but that is sad. So his situation, like his personal example and his obsession with abortion, it's all just very sad for the people of New York. Uh, I'm not telling anyone that, like, I'm not even saying don't vote for him. Like, there, there are probably reasons not to vote for him, but I, I'm, I'm not going to try to make this a political issue. I am saying for a lot of reasons, just speaking as a as a person who's alive on the earth, there's no way to defend his attitude about abortion. Anyway, okay, so you might have been able to tell by now, um, I did not have a great impression <laughs> during my first trip to New York. Um, 
I, I mean, I've never, I've never been anywhere in America or anywhere in the world, as far as I can remember, where I felt really nervous to walk downtown. Like even in the main tourist area on Fifth Avenue, there was this guy who came up to me while I was asking someone else for directions, and he pretended that he was trying to mug me. Um, in fact, he did not have a gun. He was probably mentally ill, but he just wanted me to give him money. But like, you know, he was crazy. There's a lot of crazy people around. And I was like watching my back for the next 10 minutes until I left the area because I was afraid that I might get shot in the back. Like, uh, and, and this sort of thing happens to people all the time and people don't smile. They don't look you in the eye. It's not a friendly place. It's a scary place. Like just in general, any, in most places you go in the city. Uh, the fact is like, I've literally never been anywhere where I felt yeah, just so nervous walking down the street. Like even I've been to North Korea, you know, I've been to danger, you know, relatively dangerous parts of China and other countries. And I, I felt more nervous, like even the political situation in Hong Kong right now, I feel safer walking around here than I did in New York City last week. So yeah, New York City has a lot of problems. Um, and that means there have to be good people who are willing to respond to those problems and to change things, even if it's not popular, even if they suffer for it. Um, you know, like that guy who got the little girl off the train tracks and while he was trying to save her life, someone stole his bag and people all around him were taking videos on their cell phones. So whatever you do, if you try to do good in New York City or places like that, it's not going to be easy. You'll, you're you're going to have a tough time, Raleigh. But the good news is there are people who are willing to make sacrifices. And I met some of them while I was in New York City. And um, just one example is the pro-life pregnancy resource center I visited in the Bronx. And they provide counseling and resources, free medical care, and financial support for women who need help, both during and after pregnancy. And um, there are interns there from Spain and Ireland and other countries. And because, uh, you know, people in other parts of the world also see the crisis of abortion in New York City. And they're coming from, you know, Europe or wherever to, to help. And so that's, I mean, that's on the one hand, that is beautiful. But uh, I mean, the fact is New York City, like they need fathers. Like there's so many kids who are asking, Papa, my Papa, where's my Papa? The story of the, the man who tried to kill his five-year-old daughter, like that doesn't happen every day. There's not a lot of men who are so mentally ill that they think the best thing they can do for their daughter in kindergarten is kill her. But on the other hand, there, you know, there's a lot of, there are a lot of bad men in New York City. A lot of fathers do try to get rid of their children before they're born. And New York City has the highest abortion rate in America, which says that a lot of those men are successful. You know, a lot of times abortion is just the woman's choice. That's true. Uh, a lot of times it's her parents' choice. A lot of times it's her boyfriend or husband's choice. And so, I mean, you know, the crisis of abortion is, it's not just a woman's issue. It's, it's a family issue. It's a community issue. And it's also, I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to step on a limb here and say that like a really serious and major part of the crisis of abortion is a crisis of fatherhood. And I think it's up to local communities, especially churches and Christian families to respond to that crisis and the urgent need for fathers and to turn the hearts of fathers towards their children. I think that's, that's, um, you know, among all the other things the pro-life movement does, which are all necessary, we have to save men. Like, we have to save the men who are trying to kill their kids. We have to reach them before they end the lives of their children because really, like, this this story from the subway station um, is so, so tragic. But, I mean, ultimately, is it, is it really any less tragic that there's so many thousands of men who are basically making the choice 
with their girlfriend or wife to end their child's life each day. Okay, on that note, <laughs> um, I will talk about some more positive things uh, later this week and uh, some of the more hopeful and encouraging stuff that came out of my visit to New York City. Actually, that won't be this week. That'll, that'll probably be next week. Cheers.